Hey, and welcome to the Humanity Church Podcast. So excited that you're here. We hope that you enjoy this week's talk and it really connects to your life in a meaningful way. If you're live in the Pomona area, we would love to have you at one of our gatherings at 10 a.m. or at one of our humanity groups that meet all throughout the week all over the city. If you want more information about our community, you can go to www.humanitychurch.com or download our app on your phone on Apple or Android. If you like what you're hearing here and want to continue to support the ongoing work at Humanity, you can text the word Humanity Church, one word, to 77977 and give back financially in just about 10 seconds. Hey, and here's this week's talk that was given live at our Sunday gathering at Humanity Church. All right. My name is Dr. Ann Swanson, and I, I, I joke, because how many times have you heard doctor today? Um, I used to hate being called that. My grandfather was a doctor, a real doctor, a medical doctor. I have a doctorate in theology, and it is earned, but um, my work makes me call myself that for respect. So it, I'm, I'm joking, because I'm going to talk about that, why it, that might even be a stronghold for some people. So I joke about it. So if you, I want you to bow down and say doctor to me when I walk by. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so... Um, but what I have loved about the um, discipline of getting to study um, Bible and theology for years is, is, like Scott, I love the Bible. And I got to live in Israel a couple different times and live in the land and do archaeological dig. And it just makes things so alive. So, um, yeah. So I have the privilege of uh, talking with you about one of my favorite verses um, today. And, of course, there's lots. We all can say, oh, I love that verse. But it reminded me of a story years ago when I was river rafting in my younger years on a class three river, um, and we flipped over. And uh, I found myself struggling, coming up out of the water. Thank God I learned to swim when I was little. Uh, and I came up under the raft. Um, so it was dark, and I was really disoriented. And I was looking around. I was thinking, oh, my God. All I could think about was we're going down this, these rocks, and I'm going to... Um, get bashed and crashed. And I had this moment where I hesitated uh, about what to do. And suddenly I'm like, swim out from under the raft, dummy, and try and get to, to the shore. Um, so I did that and just kind of blindly went out from under the boat, came up coughing, spitting, like really struggling, looking around for other people that were in the boat with me. And I saw this huge rock in the middle of the, in the river, and I was like, thank God. So I struggled in the current, got over there, grabbed onto the rock, pulled myself up, and took this huge sigh of relief, like, whew, I'm not going to drown today. <laughs> and the weirdest thing sometimes when you memorize scriptures, if you're little or, or big, and they come into your mind at some of the oddest times. And at that moment, this scripture that I had memorized as a teenager came to mind. And you'll see the relevance of that in the experience from Psalm 18, 1 through 2. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, <laughs> my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He's my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold. I did eventually get off the rock and we all got safe and everything, but that, that memory like burns with me about just how practical and real in that moment, the security of life, of that rock, of being able to breathe, of, of having a moment to pause in the current of life to be able to go like, what's next? What do I do next? Um, 
the last word in that scripture is stronghold. And I don't know if you've noticed it, but that word, at least for me, has been coming up several times this last month. Um, Nathan started our series with talking about stronghold and even that something that as beautiful as this church that was God's movement when we first started could actually become a stronghold. So I've been marinating in that word for the last month. Um, and a definition of a stronghold is a place that's been fortified so as to protect it against attack. It's used over 50 times in the Bible, and most of those times it means a fortress, a building. Um, Jerusalem, for those of you that have seen the pictures or hope to go there and take a tour group with you guys sometime when COVID gets over. But it's the most beautiful city, and it's, but it was built as a fortress. It was built to protect and surrounded by walls with very intricate double gates, and that's a whole thing about how the system protected itself. But a stronghold is meant to protect until it's not. Um, throughout the Bible, the, God tells his people, I'm going to take the enemy, your enemy's strongholds and give them to you. And that's the 49 times it's used over and over of make sure that you build strongholds in God and I'm going to give the enemy strongholds to you. And that meant land, that meant property, that meant towns. And there's lots of those passages in Amos and Hosea, if you're interested. When I say a stronghold is a safe place until it's not, that one moment when I was under the raft, um, when I looked back and thought, why was I hesitating? Like, I learned to swim, I know what to do. Why was I hesitating? And when I examined that moment, it was because in the middle of chaos, there was that raft over my head, and somehow that felt safe. Now, maybe I hit my head on the rock, I don't know. But I know when people are in crisis and their brain and their adrenaline's going, we don't think very clearly. And what came to my mind was, maybe this is the safest place, because somehow this covering over my head and the fact that I wouldn't bash my head on a rock in my mind. I know that doesn't totally make sense, but it felt safe. So there was an illusion that the boat that had once held me and five other people in this raft going down this class three river was safe. Well, when it flipped, it wasn't safe. Um, so that's just to notice in our sense as human beings, and God knows this about us, that we can allow strongholds that were once safe places to flip on us, and we still have the illusions that they are safe, right? So we're going to look at strongholds, the second definition of strongholds, thinking about that, because the Bible once talks in Corinthians, or I'm sorry, in, yeah, 2 Corinthians, about a stronghold in a different way than a physical building. But the second definition is uh, a stronghold is a place where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended or upheld. Now, we've had none of those these last year, right? <laughs> a stronghold is a mindset that gets stuck, can be stubborn, and often it sees no way out except for what we're doing or what we're believing. So we come to believe this mindset is safe, but in this definition, it's a mindset without God. It's about our own perceptions, our own politics, our own definition of COVID-19, our own beliefs. And oftentimes, it can wrap around our mind in a way that we get really stubborn with some of our strongholds. Um, 
So scripture starts to contrast that with unless we have the mind of Christ, we're tempted and will fall into strongholds. And this is, as I was a young Christian, I thought, oh, you just do right and be right. And as I matured and worked in therapy and psychology and with families, I began to see, no, 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 this, we are living in a battlefield, a battlefield where there's an enemy for our mind and our way of thinking opposed to God. And then it started coming up in scripture over and over and over that we get choices. Like Scott was saying, we get freedom to choose. And God is constantly saying, come to the rock. Otherwise, these strongholds are going to start taking your mind and take you to dangerous places that feel safe, but they might not be. So the one place that stronghold is used as a metaphor in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, Paul writes this as directions for us. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to Christ. So this passage starts to show us that in our nature of God, being a child of God, God literally gives us power to demolish strongholds that are not of God. Now that kind of sounds big, but when we start to break it down, literally we get the power and the freedom through Christ and through him and being resting on his rock to literally destroy unhealthy patterns, to help others in unhealthy patterns to tear down spiritual strongholds. And at this time, I just keep reflecting on my life in the last couple years of my life. I want to say one of the places that's been the most helpful for that is Monday night celebrate, recovery, celebrate life for me. Um, because their dedication is to look at habits and patterns and unhealthy things in our life. And it's not just for people who are addicted to alcohol or, or drugs. It's for all of us because all of us have patterns that start to lie to us. They may start little like the little foxes and they grow. But you've seen people or in your own life places where addictions grow into just controlling someone, ruining their life, ruining their finances, ruining their marriages. So those little places can grow. If we're wise, scripture tells us we'll tear down strongholds um, and use our power. So let's talk about some of them specifically. <sighs> Yesterday, I was on Facebook and I saw Marla and Nathan at the Moon Palace again. <laughs> That's the third time this year. And I was laughing, thinking, oh, they're enjoying themselves so much with their family. But this little creeping thought was like, well, how come I haven't gone to the Moon Palace yet? I want to go to the Moon Palace. I don't want to take it away from them, but I want to go. So I even went and started looking up prices to the Moon Palace to see how much it cost. And then I was preparing the sermon, and I started laughing at myself, saying, oh, my gosh, this is a little seed of envy or jealousy. Now, if I feed that and it gets bigger and bigger, I'm going to want to take that away from Marla and Nathan, and, or I'm going to, you know, start to envy in a way that it causes um, a, a scarcity mindset and a, a place of a stronghold. So I don't think I'm in a stronghold yet, but do you see how it can grow to that if you feed the jealousy? So that's one that scripture warns us against. 
Another one was just even as I was on Facebook, the Lord was just gently, how many hours do you spend on Facebook, Ann? And I was like, well, it, it's social media, it's connection, it's important. I talk about you, Christ, a lot on Facebook. <laughs> I really do. My grandchildren and you, oh man, you know. <laughs> but, and it was just this gentle thing of, okay, it's not bad, but how much time have you spent in your Bible last week? Hmm. I, I did a lot of studying for this. Okay, but so again, not a stronghold probably yet in my mind, um, but, but it could be that, right? So strongholds would be places that we start to put our identity in, places that we give more of our time and attention to, places that start to replace God. Um, and again, it can be subtle and grow. Having worked with a lot of people with addictions in my life as a therapist, one of the things I've seen is it's not like anybody starts out as an alcoholic or a meth addict. It's, it's a subtle. And one of the things that we work with is what if it's not really an addiction as much as a spiritual problem? It's not just physical addiction. It's a spiritual problem of putting something else before God and letting a person, uh, a substance, an attitude take over your life that starts to be a mind control and has a hold on you, a strong hold. So there's really literally two choices. God gets to work with your mind and teach you things about God's wisdom, or you let other things control your life, and you become enslaved or bondage to those things. And this scripture about sitting on the rock is something that's so powerful to me then of our desire, our, our need for God, and that God knew our need for him. This passage shows that spiritual strongholds are arguments, are lofty places. And I think for me, one of the hardest things about this last year or two has been how much divisiveness and anger and division I've seen in my own family and with my own friends. And I, as I was thinking about this, it's like, wow, we're not even examining our strongholds. Because if we were, we would start to at least love each other enough to hear our differences, to create space, to respect each other. But something about the strongholds just start to captivate us and make others our enemy or make their beliefs our enemy. Yesterday, I won't go into names, but I was at a meeting with some Christian friends, and one of them just said, I hate these effing masks, and I'm not going to wear them anywhere, and I'm not going to be in a room with people that are. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, you know, and we're, we're, we're putting on a training that's serving other people. So I was like, whoa, and of course, I judged them right away, but then... <laughs> Then God said to me, okay, why don't you look at your stronghold, Anne? And, and then I started looking at the scripture that I had just written down to share with you. And I was like, okay, whoa, I'm, I could do it right back. Um, or I could start to say, God is revealing to me my own strongholds. And so I shared the scripture with that group, and we all went, oh, God, we really need God. We really need God. All right, so... In the beginning of this series, Nathan talked to us about where God's taking us. And I like to think about it as a pillar of fire. I believe our community could be in a park anywhere, you know, worshiping together. We, we can go to the mountains. We can go to the sea. We'll do okay. But we want to follow the pillar of God because we don't want to stay in a place of a stronghold. We want to follow what God's doing in that movement there. So I love that our, what I sense is most of our community and our body are excited for that and are ready for that. We want to follow God and, and be on the rock, whether the rock's moving, whether the rock's down the block, whether the rock's in a parking lot. So 
I want to share one scripture or one um, passage with you from a man named Francis Frangipan, who is an amazing um, theologian. He writes, if you want to identify the strongholds in your life, you need only survey the attitudes in your heart. Every area in your thinking that glistens with hope in God is an area which is being liberated by Christ. So let me say that again. Love that phrase. Every area in your thinking that glistens with hope in God is an area which is being liberated by Christ. But any system of thinking that does not have hope, which feels hopeless, is a stronghold which must be pulled down. So following a very painful divorce, um, I recognized that I was in a very hopeless place. Um, and I was thinking some things that sounded like truth, but as I started to get prayer and healing through Celebrate Life and uh, another ministry, I, it started to be revealed that there was a huge stronghold for me in this area. And what I was thinking was, I can never have a long-term relationship. The marriages that I've been in have not lasted for 10 years. There must be something wrong with me. And even more so, I'm a marriage and family therapist. So the shame and the um, grief and the pain of, wow, what is wrong with me? I was heaping it on myself. I thought I was making a mockery of my profession and that I was hopeless. Through prayer and deliverance, um, the stronghold that was revealed, the enemies thoughts, because they weren't mine. They were literally were from somewhere else. Those words, um, the discouragement that was there, what, what got revealed was the truth that I have known Jesus Christ since I was 15 years old. And what started to get revealed, if you, if you catch it, in my despair as that was revealed, God said to me, you have been married to me in a committed relationship for 15 years. And I'm now 64 years old. So that's a pretty long-term marriage. Never had that thought in my life. Never, that had never occurred to me. And the flood of relief, of freedom, of grace, of mercy, of God's truth against a stronghold of a lie that was meant to shame and just demolish my giftedness and my sharing was broken in a second. And it was so, thank you. Thank you, God. And I say that to you because I've watched that over and over when God breaks through strongholds for others. And when I see people weeping and knowing the freedom and being released from the shame. But it's not just for bad people that do dumb things. It's for all of us as believers. We all are, and every human being, we wrestle with these strongholds. And we have power in Christ and weapons of warfare that are another sermon. But we have those, and we get to learn how to exercise those to release others and to let God release us. So in sharing together, I would like to just say, I, I want to encourage you to pick up... Uh, Pick strongholds carefully in your life and examine strongholds in your life and be open to it. The more open we are with each other, uh, the more freedom we can have. Learn to fight with spiritual warfare and tear those down for freedom's sake and to help others. So the two questions that I have for you, are they on here? Oh, and they magically appeared. Thank you. Where is there a glistening of hope in your heart from God calling you into freedom from a stronghold? And the more bold you are about being honest, um, again, this is confidential and safe, but be honest about that. 
And then, are there any boats in your life that were saving you but are now drowning you? So things that seemed safe before and now they're flipping on you. So go ahead, you have five minutes to share together. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Humanity Church Podcast. We hope that this was a meaningful experience and we look forward to connecting again next week for another conversation around what it looks like to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope. Again, for more information about Humanity Church, you can visit us online at humanitychurch.com. And if you want to support the ongoing work here at Humanity Church, including this podcast, you can give online in about 10 seconds by texting the word Humanity Church, one word, to 77977. Thanks and have an amazing week.